Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Here we are, another edition of Shots Fired. It's me, Jasanga, and Kairos. No G this week, but we're ready to go. We've got her audio present, so um, we're going to kick off with that. But before then, fellas, fellas, my brothers from other mothers, how you doing? First up with you, Kairos, on the go. I know, this is dedication. Listen, I'm doing well. We're trying to show what we can do it no matter what. We're in the car. Chief, the next time you're on here, you got to show us like a police patrol or security, like something <laughs> while you're on this podcast. All right, I'm taking it up the next time. You got to be the next one. Exactly. How about yourself, Chisanga? How are you bearing up under this uh, wonderful UK heat? Oh, man, bruv. I'm good. I've got aircon, so I'm good, son. I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm good. But uh, saying that, I was at my parents last, was it last week? And yeah, that, I, I, that man was dying. I was, <laughs> I was, I was uh-huh. not doing good. But other than that, I'm good. I'm, I'm blessed. It's been, it's been a good week so far. And yeah, no complaints. No complaints. Okay, well, smashing through the door, we're going to start off with Gia. She's not here. She's here in audio form here, or this week. And um, this is what she had to say. This is what she's got on the docket. This is what she's got in her holster. Hey, hey, what's up, y'all? I am, yes, missing another episode of Shots Fired in the WOCast because New York is open. 70% of us are vaccinated, which means my black ass is back at work, working my damn ass off. So I'm still going to have a segment for you. You know me. Let's talk Leon Edwards. We were just privy to UFC 263 in which Leon dominated Nate Diaz up until the very last round where Nate Diaz kind of got on him and put him on the stanky leg. Anyway, here's my thing. I think Leon should get a title shot before Colby Covington. And the reason why I think that is because, one, he's on a beautiful win streak. He fights like he's a, um, a title contender and someone that could possibly be champ. We've already seen Colby fight Usman. We kind of know what's going to happen again. And I think Leon deserves a shot. My question to you is this. Do you think Leon Edwards should get the next title shot? And also, do you think Leon Edwards does not take risk and go for the kill and coast to victories? I am noticing something that if he doesn't have a clear opening, like when he fought Gunnar Nelson and Cowboy, he does not mind coasting to a win and being very careful. Okay, so let me repeat the question because I know I go on and on and on. Do you think Leon deserves a title shot? And do you think he fights in a way that is risk free? And tell me your thoughts and I'll be back. Miss you guys. And I love all of you very much. Okay, well, you heard the woman. I'm going to uh, spin the bottle and um, it has come to Kairos. Kairos is up first. 
Okay, as far as deserving a title shot, I don't like the word deserve and title shot for Leon. So I'm going to be honest here. I don't think he deserves one, but I think he should get it. I feel like that's a better way to say it. But um, especially since he's actually fighting, he's an active welterweight now, and everybody else who's in the top three doesn't want to fight right now anyway. So, yeah, sure, give him his title fight. But I think as far as him coasting, he coasts a lot. He was even coasting after round one at a certain point. And, like, you saw it periodically. And I, there's nothing wrong with coasting, but I think that against certain people, if you're not up in the fight, your tendency to do that is not going to let you win. So I think he has some things that he needs to figure out. But I also think that you can't just pressure Nate 24-7. You saw what happened when he did pressure him, you know? So, like, for us to see him be like, you should have pressured him for 25 straight minutes. He pressured him in the fifth and almost got finished. So he obviously made the right decision. I'm not going to sit here and try to penalize him for a fight that he won 24 minutes of. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. Chisanga. Leon deserves a title shot, and he deserved the title shot even before he walked, you know, as he was walking to the arena, because, of course, he played Shabba Matapots by Dexter Daps. And I'm going to play that right now because that is a bad boy tune, bruv. <laughs> We might get hit for copyright, but fuck it. <laughs> All right. We listen to that over and over and over again. Leon won the, won the night there for me, but I've, I've even forgotten what G was asking. Yeah. Does Leon deserve a title shot? Yes, he does. I mean, yeah, how many... Uh, how many fights has he accepted and have fallen through over the last 12 months? And he's been an actor, as Kyra said beforehand, he's been very, very active. Obviously, he fought Bilal Muhammad in March, I believe, and then he performed a quick turnaround to fight in June. So, yeah, when, when, when I'm weighing up the the, the fight with, with Colby and Kamara Usman, I, I think I don't like to use the word deserving, as, as Kairos, Kairos has said, because, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But if, if you're comparing activity or lack of activity between uh, Colby and, and Leon. I mean, Col Colby's on top of that list. So I think Leon deserves it. And as far as coasting, I I don't really think he's got a, a habit of coasting, but given everything that was on the line for him and the fact that he, he probably would go back to the prelims if he lost to Nate, like let's, let's not be, be around the bush. He would be well and truly well, he'd well and truly fall down the pecking order had he lost, and especially had he lost via uh, the TKO in the last minute. So I don't begrudge him for taking the the safe and cautious approach. And also, like, I mean, let, let, let's not say that, oh, yeah, he was just peppering from range. He wasn't engaging him inside the pocket. There were times when Nate was getting to him and Leon was swinging a bit wildly, which was very uncharacteristic of him because he's normally very methodical and he will go for the kill, but only when he sees the opportunity. But I think Leon Edwards does deserve the next title shot. I mean, what's that, 10 unbeaten now? And he's been un uh, undefeated in what, four? Is it three or four years now? Mm. It's, it's, um, it's something like that. I mean, I know the days of meritocracy are well and truly gone in the, in the UFC, but that man deserves a, the title shot. And I'm glad that he got through the, the, the final minute because as I said to you guys in, in, in the chat, my heart was racing. When, when I saw his legs go stanky, like I was just thinking, please, no, please, no. I was like, this would be a cruel, cruel way for the title shot to elude him. But thankfully he got through it 
and he should be the next Brit to challenge for welterweight or welterweight gold, and he should be the next welterweight challenger in general. Okay, unfortunately, I'm going to have to disagree. Personally, personally, I love Leon. He is a beautiful character and he is a spirited character. I love what he stands for, particularly his stance now around mentoring those in terms of youth, around um, mentoring them away from knife crime. Everything about Leon strikes me as redemptive. I mean, if you know his backstory, he is perfect in terms of a role model, in terms of, look, this is where I've been. I've lived it, done it, breathed it. You don't want that life. To steer youth away from that life based on his life experiences is commendable. But let's just bring this back to combat sports because as G says, is he worthy? Yes, definitely worthy. Does he deserve it? Yes, he deserves it. But facts are facts. Let's look at this man who has been on a what? Nine fight winning streak tier. This guy has been incredible. This guy has been phenomenal. This guy basically has been undeniable when it comes to, you know, is he deserving? But let's have a look at his wins. The majority of them coming by way of decisions. Now, the last time um, he had a finish, that was way back in... 2018. Now, granted, there's been some extenuating circumstances, but the fact is that was a TKO victory over Peter Sabota. Now, the thing for me... Last second as well. Last second. Exactly. Exactly. The thing for me is this. We know that the UFC are in a sticky wicket right now. We know right now this is all about eye candy, putting bums on seats, actually selling pay-per-views. Now, the beef between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington, we know, actually moves the needle. When you look at Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards in the run-up, that's really not going to set the world on fire. Look how complimentary in the run-up that uh, Kamaru Usman was. And we know that, you know, Leon Edwards is not a shit talker. That is why he is not getting next. He needs to set the world aflame either by a devastating KO, finish, TKO, some kind of actual closure. You cannot, what on the surface looks like coasting, you cannot eke out a decision win. I mean, look what happened, as Kairos rightly says, when he pushed the pace, when he put himself in the um, mouth of the actual lion, he almost got his head bitten off. I mean, he was rocked. No one can tell me that he wasn't. He was on stanky legs. No one can tell me that he wasn't because he pushed the pace, because he put himself out there, because he actually... I suppose, stepped up in terms of risk in the last and the dying embers of the fifth. So I would love for him to get next, but let's face it, he ain't going to get next, not with a performance like that. But I think I think him getting rocked was only the byproduct of him thinking, right, shit, I need to make a statement. He was probably thinking that in the back of his head, like, well, well, I, I don't know if this is going to be enough. And then lo and behold, that that's what happened. I mean, yeah, I completely get the, the direction that where the UFC are going to go with uh, with Usman versus Colby too. I, I probably reckon that'll probably be around maybe September or maybe even like if, if they're smart, they make it the final pay-per-view of the year, go out with an absolute bang. Mm. That's uh, that's obviously going to sell. I mean, there's been some some comments made by Colby in, in the past. I, I mean, I 
I think it was after his, who, who did he beat? Um, was it Woodley after you? And then he said, oh, did your tribe send a, a, a something? So he said, you made a tribe comment. I, can't, I, can't, yeah. I think it was after the Woodley fight. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, which obviously is harking to uh, Usman's Nigerian heritage. And it was, it was, it was over the line. And I think even in, in the fallout, he realized that it was, it was over the line. But that, that beef is going to sell. That longstanding beef and especially the, the conspiracy, uh, the Mark Goddard conspiracy. Of, uh, remember, he said something about uh, Goddard doesn't even support Brexit and that's why I lost the fight or some, some, BS, <laughs> some BS like that. It's going to sell more than a rematch between Leon and, and Kamaru. But, but I, I, th I think the, the, the only positive, there's, there's only two scenarios for Leon right now. There's, there's only two scenarios. You wait until Usman and Colby ha handle their business, and then you probably fight early next year, mm -hmm. which wouldn't be the worst thing, to be honest, because he's like people need to remember that he's had back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back training camps. The fights might not have materialized, but that wear and tear in the body has. Like, um, So I think I think a break it would probably be the best thing for him. Other than that, he's got to fight Jorge Masvidal, and I think now would be the perfect time. I think he'd piece him up. I think he'd take him to school. In fact, I think he'd... He would have took him to school in the back of the O2 had they had they not separated them. <laughs> I think we're holding Leon to an unfair standard, though, too. How many fighters are not talking trash, aren't having crazy performances for their getting time shots? Brian Ortega didn't have some crazy performance. It was I thought it was great when he beat the zombie and he did it pretty well. But is he talking a whole bunch of trash? No. Immediate title shot. You look at Brandon Moreno the first time he got the title shot against Figure. Was he talking a lot? Was he having crazy performances? I'd argue not. Yet he got his title shot. So I just, I, that's why the whole reason why I think Leon should get it though, because I'm sick and tired of people holding him to this unfair standard, but then their favorite fighters can sit out for two or three years and not fight and then just do whatever they want and get a title shot. So that's why, like, I'm sick of those fans. I'm sick of the UFC doing that. So just, you know what? Give Leon that title. You know, I'm just like, just let it be over. Did somebody mention Brandon Moreno? Because I believe last week I was the only one that said Mr. Brandon Moreno would shock the world and beat Davis and Figueredo. Oh. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. We're not, we're not <laughs> what went on before. We're looking forward. This is all about forecasting what's going and what's happening next. Now, okay, I put my hand up. You're right. You were the lone voice pissing in the wind, yeah. and we all shouted you down, me included. So I, I have to eat my humble pie right now. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Paul Craig and Jamal Hill, but I ain't going to go into that. But anyway, anyway. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> you're up next my brother all right so this actually my topic actually kind of pertains to what we were talking about beforehand and uh, a fight between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington now the great and powerful Trent Reinsmith shout out to Trent Reinsmith uh, who's been in the mixed martial arts game for, for a while and he's doing this thing at bloody elbow he put out a tweet today that, that really resonated with me and, and made me think and I don't have the tweet in front of me but it's words to this effect that the MMA media would interview David Duke and David Duke, for those of you in the UK or in, who are not in the United States, was the uh, the founder of the, the Ku Klux Klan, if it got them clicks. Now, I think he, he put that out there because of the, I don't want to necessarily say, there, there, there's no far right um, discussions going on in the, in, in the mixed martial arts world with the, with, with the big outlets, but the the right-leaning athletes like Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, who have been 
over the last, well, I'm, I'm trying to think over the last, let's say two years have been, I don't know. Okay. Have been spousing pro pro Trump uh, rhetoric and spousing conspiracy theories. And that question made, made me think, it was like, where do the MMA media draw the line when, when it comes to that? And because there have been, there've been several interviews with, with uh, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, where I've thought that, the interviewers should have pushed back and should have questioned and should have should have countered and, 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 and raised a salient point after somebody said something, well, contentious, asinine, and something that is up, up for debate. Now, guys, where do you stand in it? And this is kind of a two-part question. Would the MMA media interview David Duke or a David Duke figure if it got them clicks? And... Where do you stand on the lack of pushback that some fighters have received for their comments? And I'm going to go with Mr. Bodley. Yeah, I think they would, or they would just talk about it. But I just, I'm at the point where I'm just over it. We're, we can't hold like journalists this moral high ground. We see journalists in quotations, journalists every day sacrifice their soul just so that they can get some extra airtime, pretend to be someone that they're not, or actively not put out news or information because they're afraid of what will happen to them if they talk about it, but then they call themselves journalists. It's like, we have such a problem in mixed martial arts with our journalists, not as a whole, but there's just a whole bunch of them just, uh, just clowning right now. So as far as us trying to stand on the moral high ground and say, well, yeah, they would do it for clicks. So what? All of them would. I thought we all knew this, you know, but um, does that make it right? No, doesn't. Am I, do I support that? No, <laughs> just thought I'd put that out there, but yeah. And you know who I think would interview him? No, let me not do this. Though. Forget nah, it. Go and do it. Don't do it. No, no, that's that's one I'm for the, the private either. chat because yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you'd be like you'd be by <laughs> by proxy insinuating that they're they'd affiliate yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't do that, man. You can't. Mm -hmm. Come on, Cyrus. <laughs> no, this is cool. Nah, no, no, it's not cool. Blanks fired. I'm gonna be the. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> not today. <laughs> All right. And what's what's your thoughts on uh, journalists not pushing back when, on, on on questions and, and statements that on, on questions on statements that fighters make? I mean, I get it. You know, if this is your primary source of income and this is your way of making money, you should be weary about the consequences of what happened. I'm not going to sit here and say. If I was a journalist and this is my way, I would step out into the line and let it know. I'm not saying that I would do that, but I also wouldn't be a journalist then at the same time. You know, I'd find my other, another route, but to each their own. So, I mean, I understand it, but I don't like it. Mike, what's your thoughts? You know, I think let's just take this for what it is. This is not a career. It's an opportunity for these journalists out there. Let's just face it that these outlets that these uh, people are kind of like employed by, um, for some, or I would say for many, that's not their full-time vocation. So they have to meet what is their brief. And that is they have to get the scoop. They have to get the, the line. They have to get the thing that enables more traffic towards the website because that is what underpins their job. So I can see exactly where Trent Rinesmith is, is coming from. And to be honest with you, yes, I would definitely agree with him. If David Duke had entered the MMA sphere, 
a sphere as um, a manager, say, or, you know, even in the promotion game, I would not be shocked. I would not be surprised if there were journalists out there who would be courting, who would be actually um, getting the scoop, who would be actually getting lines from him because it's all about the clicks. It's all about traffic to websites at the end of the day. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. There is no honor among MMA journalists. If I remember rightly, um, I responded to that same tweet um, that Trent put out there with MMA clan ain't nothing to fuck with. At the end of the day, that was kind of like a, a subliminal diss. There are people and there, as we've seen with tweets in the past, where we have reprimanded people who do have a far right leaning. Whether they are supporters of far right groups, I don't know. But some of the things that I've seen out there, some of the tweets I've seen out there, does lead me to believe that there are right wing media members amongst our MMA journalists. But the last thing I would say is this. At the end of the day, why should they have integrity? Why should they have um, the sort of backbone that pushes back against the narrative that someone like um, Colby Covington will be putting out because that would deny them credentials and that actually chops the legs from under them. That's what they're there for. They're there, as I said before, for coverage if that coverage is taken away, because let's not make no bones about it. We know how sensitive the um, MMA, sorry, the UFC's uh, PR team are. You need to be saying the right thing on cue or else there will be consequences. Now, pushing back against one of their stars, actually pushing back against Dana White, who was defending that whole tirade that came uh, out in kind of like anger, that would be seen as a red flag and a red mark against you if you did. Hence the reason why we saw nobody, nobody actually pushing back with any vim or vigor. I get that. But one thing I kind of want to, well, not, not clarify or whatever, you said that there'll be um, journalists with right, right wing views, but I think you meant far right, obviously, in the MMA media, because obviously yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with being a, a, a having conservative values. That doesn't just because you're on the right right side of the political spectrum, it doesn't necessarily make you a racist. So I think we need to far right is where yeah. I'm going with. Yeah, I think yeah, but I think we just needed to to preface that before <laughs> before we were we were uh, tarnished with the oh yeah the shots fired crew thinks everybody that's a tad conservative is racist. But <laughs> oh no, that's definitely not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah no. all right. The man has disappeared, and now we're just looking at his free. Oh, he's back! Oh shit! Oh, he's back with a mask. God damn! All right, all right. We'll, okay. we'll miss Akira's body two minutes while he while he does his thing. Mike, no, I'm okay. I can go. Are you good? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Shoot, shoot. What you got? Okay, so here's my question. I understand we're gonna. Oh, one second. I gotta say bye to my dad. I love him. Love you, dad. You say he's okay, so. Budley Senior. We have a serious problem in MMA with people not being held accountable except for the fighters. You don't see cornermen being held accountable that much. You don't see judges being held accountable that much. You don't see anyone being held accountable. And I don't want to have just a broad paintbrush to just start saying, all these people need to get punished for what they're doing. I'm going to stick to a specific point that's going to be judging right now. Last weekend, Chris Lee gave round one to Davidson Figueredo. And a lot of people agree with that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people agree with that. And I think it's disputable. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm right and he's wrong, but I will say this. 
that man has had a pattern of having terrible scorecards. We saw when he had TJ Dorsal versus Henan Burrell one. We saw it when he had uh, Paul Craig versus Shogun Hua. We saw it time and time again, and nothing happened to him. It's gotten to the point where people just know the scorecards are going to be ruined if he's judging, but yet nothing is done about it. Why is that the case, and what can we do to improve judging in MMA? How do we hold judging and judges accountable for what they do? I think we need to we need to we need to set up a, a GoFundMe for a Ben Cartlidge School of Judging because he's he's the gold standard, I believe, Ben Cartlidge when it comes to, to MMA judging. And also, I think people to need to familiarize themselves with the judging criteria. Uh, Sean Sheehan of uh, Severe MMA. He's got a very, very good uh, video on YouTube about it, which people need to familiarize themselves with. But as it pertains to what we can do about the the, the shitty judges that are ruining, well, ruining, ruining in, in, to, well, to a certain extent, ruining fighter, fighters' lives because if they give a shitty decision, they they don't get their win bonus and then what have you, then that affects our livelihood. I, I don't know what we can do because it's they're appointed at the behest of the commission. The UFC can't, can't um, can't meddle with with the judges. They can't in, in select judges because then that could lead down to a like a, a rabbit hole of of, of, uh, of bad scenarios. So yeah, I, I I just think better education is is the way forward. But again, that takes time. That takes money. And at this moment in time, who's going to stump that up? I mean, it's I I don't think the UFC or Bellator are going to do it because that's a lot of money of the financial capital they're going to have to put forward and as, as shit as it is that fighters uh, might not get the the result the, or the win bonus because of it they're not going to stump up cash just to try and fix the problem so it's it's it's, it's a tough one but yeah chris lee di- didn't he give uh figueredo the did he give him the second round as well um, I can't remember, but he was also the judge that gave Paul Felder the fight against RDA, and he was also the guy oh. who gave Ally Quinta four rounds to one against Kevin Lee in the second fight. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, look, I, I I never want to to shit on somebody, especially when it comes to their livelihood. Or one would hope that he doesn't rely solely on on, on being and being a judge. But this man has made some terrible decisions, and as you say, he needs to be held held, <laughs> held accountable. But in fact, speaking of held accountable, um, the referee in the Paul Craig Jamala Hill fight, I, I think somebody said that he's a regional referee, and he was on the, and and he's been, he's been known. There's a litany of errors on the regional scene, and after the Paul Craig incident, uh, where Jamal Hill's arm was like flapping like a flag in the wind, uh, that he got pulled from the rest of the card, that his duties were over for the rest of the night. So it seems that the UFC can do something. I, I, I don't know. Maybe if it's something that egregious, but a bad scorecard is, is an egregious error as well. So I, I don't know. But it seems that the power is there to do something. I would say the answer is really easy and really simple. Let's make them superstars. Let's put their faces on the front page. Let's get them into a media scrum. Help us understand, judges, refs, the degree to which you thought it palatable to make that decision, because there's clearly something that we are all missing. There is uh, some education, perhaps, uh, on a level that uh, we are obviously not privy to, that you can actually knowledge us on. I think it's easy for them to hide behind almost anonymity at the moment. Okay, they're not anonymous, but they're not... Um, actually uh, 
transparent in actually explaining themselves, let's make the media give them the grilling, make themselves accessible to the media, make themselves more transparent in what they're doing. It's plain and simple. Then I'm telling you, the amount of errors, the amount of erroneous decisions will go down exponentially because these people have to, will have to explain it. Agreed. Agreed. I, I completely agree. Kairos, it seems that you have to go through security. Are you checking in now? Yeah, but here's my thing, though. We, we're going way too soft. We can't say this is your way of making money. We can't hold you accountable. Police officers are killing people. We're holding them accountable or we're trying to. So you can be held accountable for your terrible scorecards. And my issue is this. We already have commissions that hold fighters accountable and the UFC has no say in what they do. Sure, we like to say, oh, well, the UFC was easy on John Jones when he had to answer to the Nevada State Athletic Commission but he still had to answer that on. Why aren't judges being brought to those tribunals and being asked questions like, why did you do this? Why is this okay? What was the thought process in this? Like there needs to be some sort of communication between us. And it can't just be between the media man. I don't want to hear the smoke saying, I'm the Schmo with Chris Lee. Hi, Dad, I don't want to hear that. No, I want to have him answer some questions. Okay. I want to have him answer some questions. I want to say, what did you see in round one yeah. to determine that you, that should be a 10-8? What did you see in this fight? that gave Paul Felder the fight over already. Like, we need some comprehensive questions being answered and asked. So as far as us trying to do this, oh, there's nothing we can do. There are things that can be done and are, are being done. We just aren't putting them to the ta table. I don't know. Tell Like, there's no reason why the Nevada Athletics uh, Commission can't talk to these referees when they can talk to these fighters and find them $500,000 and ban them for eight years. Like, come on now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now, I think essentially Kairos was saying the same thing here, transparency, making them ac accountable through an ongoing series of questioning that is a little bit more revealing than what we're getting at the moment, which is kind of piecemeal hearsay and um, speculation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But it's, it's but the thing is, unfortunately, Chris Lee is not going to be put on the, uh, the, public, the public stand anytime soon. And... Also, it's, it's getting these people to, to agree to it. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just like, well, you know, I guarantee you a lot of them aren't on social media or whatever. And they're just like, well, why would I put myself in the firing line to, uh, to defend something when I could just be when I could just be mute and then just ride out the storm that I'm not going to see? And that's why it needs to stop, Jasanga, because they've been given an easy ride so far. It hasn't been a stipulation of taking up the um, judge's role. So that's what I'm saying. That needs to be ingrained in there. That needs to be worked into there. That needs to give them the impression that if it goes tits up, you are going to have to explain this in some way, shape or form. Exactly, because referees are going to have to explain themselves. I mean, like, obviously, the, the, the aforementioned referee in the, in the Paul Craig fight, he got pulled. He got pulled from the rest of the cards. So mm -hmm. I think if refs are being held to to that standard, to the, well, I said, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm remembering the first ref who, uh, who got got a dose of uh, accountability, and that was Mr. Bring It On, come on, Mr. Steve Mazzagatti. Dana White hated him, <laughs> hated him. Well, and there had been so many, there was, I don't even know if litany is the correct word, but there were, a litany, a slew, a plethora of of Steve Mazzagatti errors where 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 fights should have been stopped and the fighters took punishment. And I think Dana White put his foot down and he I don't know, maybe he, he leaned on the Nevada State Athletic Commission to say this guy's never refereeing with us again. So 
with judges, maybe he could do that. I think he'd have to kick off the, the shitstorm for a judge to no longer be a, a referee, a judge to be no longer provider of a UFC fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think, did, uh, did Adelaide Bird, did, did she have a referee in a UFC fights? You know, Adelaide Bird, the, yeah, yeah she's, a, uh, she, 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 she did. Yeah, she did. I'm sure she's a, a, a lovely, a, a lovely lady or what have you, but her scorecard, scorecard, oh, terrible. In the in the was it the Canelo rematch? I can't remember, or or the Canelo uh, Golovkin first fight? I can't remember, but yeah. she turned in a ridiculous scorecard. But anyway, they need to be held accountable at, at, at some point. And I, in fact, I actually feel bad singling out Adelaide Bird because I think more of more like a, a lot of the the flack that she got was because she's a woman as well, a women's in, in a predominantly male field. So I, I I kind of feel bad, but that doesn't stop the fact that she has turned in some ridiculous scorecards. One hundred percent. Finally, up me, I'm bringing Clarissa Shields to the table. We saw her debut. We saw what went down. My question is this: Are we still on the Clarissa Shields? bandwagon hype train because she looked horrible against Brittany Elkin I'll just put it out there plain and simple when she was on her back she just looked terrible and it made me feel as though if that was a hand-picked opponent because it surely was what is her next step what next for Clarissa Shields and all this talk about you know well her being this uh, stand-up queen Brilliant. Fantastic. That is clear. That is evident. But what is clearly her kryptonite is when she gets to the ground. I'm not so sure that we need to be fast tracking and having conversations about her, you know, going to the UFC one day because she has a lot, a lot of work to be done before we actually get to that type of conversation. Reel me in. That's what I'm bringing to the table this week. Is it time that we kind of got a bit more realistic on this sort of like uh, speed at which we're ready to exalt her to this uh, status of uh, quote? Mine go with Chisanga. He's but- <laughs> pressed up against the camera. Wants to wants to fight a man. <laughs> like you were pushing this bandwagon that she'd be in the UFC for like th- like within. Like- Two or three years. You're- hush now. Hush now. We're not talking about the past. We're talking about the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, obviously, what 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 was her ground game a concern in in her PFL debut? Of course, but I I didn't expect anything anything else. I mean, you can only you can only learn this the the, the certain fundamentals of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu within a certain time period, and she's she's nowhere in that time period yet. So I, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm, I'm not ready to to um, to completely stop the Clarissa Shields MMA MMA train. She showed great tenacity and great uh, great heart in the face of adversity. Because let's not beat around the bush. There was plenty of adversity in in that fight. But I mean, people need to. Oh, I think people think because of her all her accolades that she's achieved and everything that she's she's old and she's only got this short window that she needs to do this. She's like 23 or 24 or 25. So she's got plenty of time. Look, I'm not saying that she needs to go and just solely grapple for five years or, or, or what have you, but I think maybe 
that's probably the time that she need to become more proficient on the ground. So then she she could showcase her, her, her stand-up and striking kills and then could be a force in PFL. So yeah, I'm I'm not wait, I'm not I'm not ready to, to write it off, but as as it pertains to who you match her up against with, I I think it's got to be against an opponent with a similar record because if you're the PFL, you've invested big in, into Clarissa Shields. And if you get like, <laughs> this is it's not going to happen. If I say, if you give her Kayla Harrison or whatever, then you're just going to, like, that investment is just going to go up in smoke. And more than likely, the money that you paid her up front, she's just going to take that and be like, right, I'm just going to dip back to box and see you later. So PFL, they've got, They've got they've got uh they've got to be very careful when they assemble in their war room and, and decide who they're gonna match her up with next with. But I was pumped that she got she got the victory. I didn't I, I watched the fight the next day, but I didn't know the result. I stayed off Twitter, so I was going through all the range of emotions. And when she got the stoppage, I was so happy for her. So happy for her. So I'm still team T-Rex all day. Multiple I'm down. I just want to start this off by saying I'm going through security. So if I get tased and they take my phone away, you know why. But here's, here's what I'm going to say. We are well past pushing her at a moderate pace. She's not in a regional show. She's in a major promotion right now, and she's going against major talent. She was 0-0, zero and, zero and they gave her someone with close to 10 fights. So it's already like – that's why I don't hold that performance against her. It's like you want to get – I don't see that as a layup. The girl almost has 10 fights on her. Clarissa has zero professional mixed martial arts bouts on top of the fact that if the fight went to the ground, Clarissa will be at a sizable disadvantage, and she still weathered it and got out of it. I just think that – I just think she's in a tough position now because now you, you won, but you really lost in the end because now you have to fight people who you have no business fighting right now. And I think she can take some wins off of people, but I just don't think that she's ready for fighting in that tournament, right? Like, just – it's unfortunate, but I'm still hurt. I'm like, I'm still a fan. I don't – and I don't think that performance hurt her stock. I think it helped her stock because she faced adversity in a position where she was supposed to get submitted. Like, she's in mount. She has you in mount. Yeah. He has your arms. That's supposed to be a done deal. Supposed to be a done deal. And she she got out of it though. You can say what she want about the girl and say, oh, her her BJJ was trash because she couldn't finish it. Well, Clarissa didn't let her finish it. You know, I'm sure she wanted to. But yeah, let me. Uh, I just feel like they're being a little too harsh on her based off of what she had to overcome and where she is. It'd be different if she won. If this was backyard fights and she fought yeah. like my sister, but this isn't like that. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think we're going to go through the uh, the the scanner right now, are we? Uh, by, by the looks of things. It, it looks like it. Yeah. Whilst doing that, I'll queue up uh, the final item on the docket, and that's just basically real quick canter in terms of which fight this coming weekend, um, Jang Sung Young, uh, Korean zombie, um, against uh, Dan Ige um, as the main event. Um, in terms of the card... Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to? Oh, of course, man. Of course. Dangerous Davy Grant against Marlon Vera, man. This is a big fight. This is actually a very, a very big fight. I was meant to speak to Davy today. Unfortunately, our schedules didn't, didn't align. I'm going to speak to him tomorrow. But yeah, this is a big fight for Davy. Obviously, he's on a three-fight win streak. He beat uh, Daniel Rodriguez in, in his last fight. He stopped, stopped him. And he's, I believe he's won... Two of his last three via, via stoppage, and he's got he's got bonuses. So, and all this coming on the back of uh, two lengthy injury enforced layoffs as well, Mike. And like people people forget forget uh, forget about David Grant. Obviously, he was on the season. That, which season? That tough was he on? He was on the Rousey Rousey Tate season. I believe. Yeah, he was. And 
obviously injuries and derailed derailed his progress. I can't remember how old he is. I think he might be 33 or 34, 35. But to to have this renaissance at, at, at this age and to be pushing pushing on the door of the top 15 is it, it's phenomenal like and uh, not a lot of people are especially in the uk are, are, are talking about this and i can't wait to actually write my piece about about him making an assault on the top 15 uh, tomorrow but i'm really looking forward to this fight obviously and obviously it's a rematch against marlon vera who he beat i don't i don't know how many years ago but he, yeah he beat him and both men have shown drastic improvements as of late but i'm i'm i'm, I'm pumped for it and i'm I'm, I'm sorry, Marlon. I'm, I'm a fan of your style and everything, but I'm rooting for the Brit. I'm rooting for Davy Grant to get it done. And if he wins, then it's he's off to the races. He's off to the races. He'll, he'll be ranked, and then it's going to be some big fish from there. Because as Kyrus regularly says, the featherweight division is arguably the most stacked division in the entire UFC. You've stolen my thunder. I was going to go with Davy Grant. As well. <laughs> sorry, bro. I say of late. <laughs> He has looked absolutely impressive. I know, man. I know. It, and it's like, it's like you know, the, you know, Deontay Wilder accused Tyson Fury of having egg weights in his hands. Yeah. When he mashed them, it's like Davies put something in his hands, and he's got all of sudden this power. It's just, mm. yeah. I'm, I, I'm just so chuffed as well because I, I remember speaking to Davy many, many, many years ago, and I think I met him at a UFC event. I can't, can't remember. And he's just such a nice humble down-to-earth guy and like very very family-oriented and just very smiling just very nice and just yeah it's uh, I'm, I'm just so happy for him that, he, that he's having this success because obviously there was a time that we thought that he might not fight again because the injuries injuries had riddled his body at, at one point so I'm rooting for him to get to get the job done and if he does man it's gonna be I'll oh, Oh, I, I was I was going to try to do a, a northeast accent there. E, well, even though I'm born from Newcastle, I was born in Newcastle, but I can't do one. Are you? I didn't yeah, know. I, was born, I was born in Newcastle. Yeah, believe it or not. Hey, okay. black Jewry man, believe it or not, we exist. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I only lived there for like two or three years, though. To uh, are we are we saying that uh, Kairos is still in shot? I can see the ceiling of the airport. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're moving. We're moving through the thing. He's going through a scanner. Uh, we're gonna have to close the show with just me and you so um i guess that kind of wraps up short slide as uh well we're, we're, two, we're, we're two men now as um the scanner looks like it's actually eating uh, the mobile phone that was um held by kairos mma so yeah. <laughs> next time. I, hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't rush to to try and get it because you know what those uh American CBP people are like, man, they're, they're, oh, here we go. We're actually going through the thing. Actually going through the scanner. Anyway, before we actually get uh, CB powers from the, the gamma rays that are coming through, I, I really <laughs> time to actually sign off. Listen, my bro, it's been good as usual, chopping it up with you two. And uh, next week, I'm sure we'll be the four musketeers back in action. I look forward to it, man. <laughs> <laughs>